Hey guys, welcome back to the More Than Muscle podcast. I am your host, as always, Matt Cooney, and today is season two, episode nine. This series has gone fast. I can't believe it's nearly, nearly another 10 episodes down. To anybody who has been listening all along, or even if this is your first, first time, if it's your first time, I apologize. <laughs> but anyone, anyone who has listened, I want to just thank you so much. Um, it mean honestly means the world to me to be able to you know, share some knowledge with you guys and even to hear the feedback of how much value it's been to you. And even, you know, some people saying how it's changed their approach to health and fitness. Honestly, that is our goal with this. So what I wanted to do today is a bit more of a fun episode. Um, so today what I'm going to go through is all my own mistakes that I've made and Boy, oh boy, have I made a lot of mistakes. <laughs> I, was, I was putting this together and usually I try to do notes and be like, I suppose, um, very structured with it. But I said I'd, I'd let today kind of just be random uh, because I've, I was thinking about all the mistakes I've made over the years. I, it's only when I reflected, and this is why I'm actually going to enjoy this podcast is for me, it's a lot of reflection. I can't believe how much mistakes I've made. I and like you know, it started even I was listing them, and I just like one after the other after the other, and then something else will pop into my head, and I'm like, did I do anything right? <laughs> but I think it's all what it's it that actually benefited me in the long term because it I understand especially working with others, like you know I've made every mistake in the book, so whatever you think you've done wrong or you're doing wrong i've probably done it and worse as as you're going to find out <laughs> and it's did i learn i definitely learned from them but i kept making them and i probably will still keep making mistakes as we go along you know but that's the side note is the way we actually deal with those and like people look at mistakes sometimes and doing things wrong as a negative or a bad thing when realistically it's always going to happen for one. Two is life would be really boring. Like imagine not doing anything wrong, being perfect all the time. What is the fun in that? It literally takes, takes away from it. So yeah, let's get cracking into this episode. I am, this is my third coffee uh, that I'm sipping on here. So who knows what is going to happen over the next half an hour or so. So let's, the way I want to do this is I'm going to start from the start. So when I first got into fitness, wanting to get in shape, I was probably, let's say 16, but we'll go with like 18 first when I started kind of going to the gym and went to college uh, to study all this stuff. And I'm not joking, starting out, like I have it on my site. The first five years for me was spent, I don't want to say wasted because I don't think any anything is, is a waste. It was probably meant to be. I had to make these mistakes, but I was looking at anything and everything. I, I got obsessed and I was like, realistically, the, the goal for me was chasing a six pack. <laughs> when I started, I was like six pack, big arms, but it was like chiseled, you know, the men's health covers. Um, and ironically was reading a lot of those men's health uh, magazines, was having the YouTube videos, 10 minute abs, uh, you name it, 
I was trying to do it. Um, and it was, again, it was all in good um, intentions, you know, and I, I was working hard as well, but it was just not uh, the right, I was running backwards instead of running forwards, you know, um, and I still remember like starting out, especially this is something that a lot of people can probably relate to. When I first started getting into fitness, it was kind of off my own back. Like I was always into sport and that, but then I was more of a party goer, I suppose, socializing. Um, and then I started getting into fitness and I was nearly like afraid at the start of like telling people or letting people know that I'm, you know, trying to improve my physique or shape. Um, and I remember this and I, it's probably to do with a few different things. Like one is the insecurities, two is like that support. I didn't really have the support from friends and that I was doing it more off my own back. So I didn't really want to be like the odd one out or the weird person and that fear of failure as well, because, you know, you don't want to tell people you're trying to get in shape if you don't feel like it as well. And like, you might notice this, especially if you're like, say if you're overweight, you, you might feel like if you're doing healthy habits or things that you know are identified with somebody in shape you may nearly feel embarrassed to do it and you do see this a lot like with say overweight people who maybe or people who aren't in shape who are embarrassed like to go to the gym or to even be out walking to do eat or order a healthy meal all this actually does tie into it and a lot of it's got to do with your identity not being in line with who the actions you know um and it, it's it is it is definitely tough and like for me I remember starting out you know like I think I remember buying protein powder and I didn't want anybody to see me buying protein powder I used to like drink a protein shake in my room I would keep the powder in my room in a in in the closet uh, I would have the shake in there while no one was looking I think I was living with people at the time I would like try to sneak in to the kitchen to clean the shaker and then take the shaker away so that they wouldn't see it and it was like a, when I look back now it, it's funny to look at um to think back on but you know it's like I was kept I was hiding heroin <laughs> and that's I used to do my like ab workouts in my the floor of my college house um in, in my room and yeah it's it's funny now so for me, I was listening to all the wrong things and I was trying everything and anything, you know, like back then it wasn't the same as now. Now it would be like, it's the equivalent of your Instagram workouts, your Instagram diets, this day of eating, all this stuff um, was, was what I was doing, you know. And then I got to, I suppose that point, the next thing was where I went full bro mode which is like clean eating. And, I, and this is where I probably became too obsessed with it. So I was like, yeah, just to anybody who, who feels like they made mistakes. I remember drinking raw eggs at one point. I don't know why I was doing that, but I probably remember like Vince McMahon or someone doing it on wrestling. I was broccoli, no seasoning on foods, broccoli, like literally holding my nose and putting boiled broccoli down my neck because I... I hated vegetables um it was five six meals a day philly if you're listening to this he lived with me in college for a few years he will vouch um like eating every two to three hours chicken rice broccoli 
um, couldn't cook at the time either, which didn't help the fact that chicken was like a tire. Uh, the, the rice was half stuck to the pan, but there was no there was no seasoning going on it either. Maybe a little bit of sweet chili. Maybe I don't think I could actually do full. I could only do the full bro for a little while, but that's where I became really obsessed with it. And probably actually, when I look back, it actually hindered my progress now because I was just doing too much and I was, everything was, I suppose it was unbalanced in a way, even my lifestyle. Like I was kind of avoiding social events, didn't want to, it's be around other in a way I just wanted to train and do my I just became obsessed with it and a lot, because I mentioned like a lot of my friends and that weren't aligned with it so I kind of like just drifted away from them um and I just did my own thing and then that kind of led me into the next phase and the next mistake so that mistake there was really just being a bro that clean eating didn't know any better um which is five, six meals, six meals a day, seven meals, whatever it was. Um, and that led me into this, the next one, which was overtraining. So I kind of probably this, when was the second, third year of college? Again, I just got obsessed. So I was also playing basketball at the time. And I remember I got, I got to a point, I started powerlifting as well. I got, kind of got into powerlifting at this stage. And there was a point where like, I think it was second or third year in college. My training schedule was like swim in the morning, do powerlifting at lunch, and I would play basketball, train basketball in the evening. That was like my typical day. I would probably do that four or five times a week um, and then always do something else on the other days as well. So that, like you can imagine, that, that's just your life. <laughs> that was pretty much between eating, college in between those things, um yeah and it was the first time in my life I started getting injured and I didn't realize that I, it's like you know hindsight is always a great thing when you look back now I'm like yes I was completely overtraining my nervous system was fried I understand what was happening now but you know at the time I thought I was doing the right thing uh, and I was actually getting it was like I was getting into shape and it was one of those things where hard work and work ethic will beat knowledge uh, if knowledge isn't applied. So it's like, if you just work hard enough, you will get some form of result, you know, but there's always a better and more efficient way to do it. Uh, but for me, I was like, you know, I'll take the hard way. I'll just keep hitting my head off the wall. And like, eventually I just won't give up <laughs> and I'll be more consistent than everybody else. And I, I think at the time of that as well, I was, was overtraining, but I was still like, I would have the odd like, binge drinking session where I would go drinking like with friends and that for one or two days and I remember the mindset back then was like okay if I'm going to do this I'm just going to out train everybody else um to make up for it you know and like having no uh awareness of like the effects of alcohol and how that actually completely smashes your recovery and sleep and my answer to that was like punish harder push harder you know and yeah this led to multiple things I, I did my rotator cuff which first time I'd been injured ever I think I did an ankle or something could have been a hamstring and glute I started getting these niggles anyway and then I dislocated my shoulder that was like while fairness it was a freak accident on a 
basketball during a basketball match. But um, that was again another big injury for me, um, and probably a mistake as well. So like all that, all those injuries, you know, that was my body giving me signs um, of what I I needed to pull back. But obviously, I wasn't listening. Um, then I hit the injury, and then with that, another mistake came was not actually dealing with the injury prop- properly. Uh, because I had gotten in shape, I would like that shape. Yeah, I had I was in okay shape. Like I'd made improvements through sheer um, stubbornness over the, like the two years previous. Um, but then when I got that injury, obviously I couldn't train. The, if anyone's had a dislocated shoulder as well, I feel your pain. It was one of the sorest things ever. Um, so I decided to cut my calories, do lots of cardio. Um, because I, obviously I couldn't lift because I didn't want to get fat and I actually delayed my recovery by a long long like nearly double I'd say um, so there, there's another mistake for anyone when you get injured please don't do that <laughs> I don't, like please don't and even me I lost a lot of muscle which I had worked so hard to get and it took me like just to give you a, an insight I remember talking to another friend who had done the same injury took me about nine months to get back fully to where I was, like strength, I'd say size and stuff. Um, same part, another guy, same injury, kept doing all the same things. Eight weeks, he was literally back to where he was. He didn't lose any muscle or anything. I was like, yeah, yeah, that, that's that's what I should have done. So there's two polar opposites of what to do and what not to do if you ever get injured. So yeah, overtraining was my next mistake. Um, and it's something I deal with or see a lot from clients um especially who come to me starting off because it's like even when i look at it now like obviously hindsight's a great thing i didn't realize it at the time and when you're overtrained and when you're chronically your body's under that chronic stress you don't know it it becomes normal to you and then like things like sick getting sick all the time getting injured these niggles constantly at you you kind of think they're normal and that's like the you know the price you pay or the whatever it is and it's like no that's actually your body knocking on the door or sending you messages and you literally putting do not disturb on um, and just continuing to go not actually listening to it so something for to think about and even for myself since just another case in point like the last year, I've actually made very good progress for where I'm kind of at currently at. And I actually dropped my training from five days to four a, a year ago. And I probably actually built more muscle over the last year than I did in the previous. So again, less is often more. Um, so that's, that was, Jesus, when am I? That was around my end of, end of college. So then the next mistake came when I made, I moved to Australia then. So I finished college. Worked in a gym and that for a while, about a year. Finished college, moved to moved to Australia with the intention of becoming a famous personal trainer and took a job on a building site and ended up staying there for two and a half years. But back to this, when I first took that job, I, you know, a change of complete environment, change of routine, and going from like working in a gym behind the desk to on a building site lifting scaffolding all day. I didn't take that into account and I didn't change my training. And it's actually a bleeding arm from overtraining. 
I done it again with that, but it was more because I didn't understand that my lifestyle and my like job, everything had changed and that I couldn't train the same way. And it took me six months to realize that. Like, so I was kept trying to do the same thing that I was doing um, and the same amount of training volume. And I just wasn't recovering. Like I remember fall, I used to fall asleep in work all the time. Couldn't, when I was getting to the gym, I was so, it was so hard to make any progress on lifts. Um, and, you know, from, I think it was stubbornness as well, or like, you know, I think humans were, we're kind of resistant to change, aren't we? We don't like to change a lot of us. Um, and that's where I was very routine. And also on top of that, you know, I work in a physical job, long hours up early. We were like up at 5 a.m. And also socializing more on the weekends out in Australia. If you've lived out in Australia, you know what the weekends maybe are like. They're, um, they can get quite wild when you're in your young 20s. And so I was trying to just trying to do too much. Um, and yeah, I didn't account for that with with my training and I ended up just literally running myself into the ground um again <laughs> so yeah that was another lesson I learned and I think the the key something for you to understand is whenever your circumstances change and they will as you go through different stages of your life you know whether you're college move countries new jobs kids um I don't know, the, the rest of things that happen to normal people in life, you know, maybe you're traveling, things like that. It, it is always going to have an effect on you and you have to be able to, able and willing to adapt your approach to that because there is no one best approach. That's why like, I kind of get not annoyed, but everybody's gonna be different. You know, principles are the same, but depending on your life situation and circumstances will heavily influence what you should or shouldn't be doing and what may be quote unquote optimal or best for you at that time. So yeah, that's, that's the lesson. That's the mistake. And hopefully take that on board, especially for anybody like, cause we're all going to go through different changes. I'm sure my life will change at some point over the, the next couple of years and just being, able to adapt to it and understanding that you know um is important so the next mistake comes nutrition so this was basically i had went from the the clean eating guy the guy who um i always think of clean eating i always think of people like uh washing their food and like you know using the <laughs> that what's a flash or daz or whatever it is and like white white paper like cleaning off all their food but you know what I mean? Going from clean eating, I went to the other end of the spectrum then. This was the, if it fits your macros. So IIFYM, we talked a bit about this on previous podcasts. So this is a nice plug. If you haven't, don't know what that is or haven't listened, definitely go back. It was a podcast with Luke. We talked about meal plans versus tracking calories. So yeah, I discovered macros and calories and how that stuff actually works. And like, on one side, it wasn't a mistake. It was like one of the best things that ever happened um, to me for my knowledge, journey, and ability to share that with others then um, down the line. But at the time, I so I, I went from one extreme to the other. So what I like, and I mentioned this on the podcast, basically realized was like a mistake I did was like, oh, it's just calories. You just need to get 
hit your calories, get your protein, and it doesn't really matter other than that. You can eat whatever the hell you want once you are within your calories and get enough protein in. Um, and then this is where I had no respect. And in fairness, I just didn't have the knowledge and understanding of health, things like micronutrients, meal timing, the composition of a meal, how different foods affect you. I just literally looked at numbers and was like, gain weight, eat this much, lose weight, eat this much, make sure to get protein in. Bob's your uncle, fit, whatever, eat whatever you want. And yeah, the more you understand nutrition, the more you realize that is a mistake. <laughs> and so, yeah, what ended up happening with that is that was also at a period of time where I wanted to gain weight and try to gain as much muscle as I could. So I didn't, um, all I was concerned of was I needed to eat enough to gain weight. I, need, I weigh myself, I need to see that weight going up. Um, and this led to, so I suppose that's a mistake in itself is going that full flexible IIFYM style was a mistake for me, but it was actually quite an, a good learning tool. And it's even something I've worked with with a lot of clients who will come on board and are clued in about calories and stuff. But when we look at their actual structure habits, um, and things like that, we I can identify straight away. I'm like, yeah, we're a bit too much flexible here, you know. And not that you can't eat chocolate, but you know, having it at half three in the morning for no reason, just because you could fit it in your calories, probably not the best idea. And so this led me into what I call the the dreamer bulk, or uh, some people online would call it like a dirty bulk. Um, basically, where you eat as much as you as just as much as you can. And the goal is to just gain weight. <laughs> that's basically it in a nutshell. And that's what I did. Um, and I went from, I don't know what I, maybe, I think I gained about 25 pounds. And I'd always been, so keep in mind, I'd always been someone who would have said I have a fast metabolism um, and struggled to gain weight. When realistically, when I look back, probably didn't have that fast. I was training three times a day in, in college, you know, you, how much fuel is that? I, that's a lot. Um, or at least training once a day. So um, yeah, it wasn't that I had a fast metabolism. It's just that I was very, very active and burnt a lot of calories and trained a lot. So this led me to be just be like, I just want to gain weight. And I associate as well weight with just muscles. Like the more weight I can gain, the more muscle I can put on. Um, and that's where I did my dreamer bulk. I got up to, and this is again, my calories got very high, like 5,000, I'd say, because I was working uh, on a building site plus lifting as well um, and trying to gain weight. So I was just eating, it got to, was just eating absolutely anything I said I said this on the podcast but look my diet was just crazy like um and the thing was it was it wasn't I was still having my chicken rice broccoli meals but I was just adding to that with like crap um to to get my calories and to see the scales going up and that led me just to gaining a lot of body fat um I got up to like 187 all that from like 176 to 187 was all body fat gain purely if not more of it um one is i just didn't 
understand how slow muscle like muscle gain is especially as a natural like you know you and also like the training is the stimulus so training is the number one because people often ask me this about muscle gain it's like how much do i need to eat to gain muscle it's like no training is the actual thing that creates that you need the signal first to create the muscle the signal is the training that you do so your training actually needs to be the number one priority and making sure that's progressive that we're breaking down the muscle and then feeding yourself adequately to allow it to repair and grow if you don't break down the muscle and this is why training becomes so important you don't the fuel you can give yourself the fuel but there's nothing to repair or grow <laughs> and that's why like improving your ability to train is so important and that's something I neglected as well. I wasn't getting stronger, actually, because I was getting um, heavier and heavier and putting more body fat on. I was actually, my condition, cardio, my health markers were going, like my digestion, my, thinking back, my sleep was probably crap as well, but I didn't really know anything about sleep back then. But definitely my food choices, my energy was down. My strength actually went down, which you think it would go to be the opposite. but you know, you get past this point where I think it starts like too much just starts to have a negative effect on everything. And anyway, that was so like moral of the story was don't do those dreamer bugs um, because you will gain a lot more body fat than you realize um, and not as much muscle. And then you think um, that you are gaining all this muscle. And then when you actually diet down, you realize, I remember dieting back down to like 176 like last 10 pounds and I was like yeah I'd be lean at this I was nowhere near I, to, I think I had to lose another 10 20 pounds just to get like that leanness that I wanted you know so again no don't go with these dreamer bulks that was the next mistake I made um then that kind of from there you would think I learned my lesson uh, but I didn't. So I actually did another dreamer bulk <laughs> by accident. So what happened here was I moved back from Australia to Ireland and I started doing working as a PT. So I went, I moved back to the gym, back to um, the fitness industry. And I didn't account for, I didn't understand NEAT. So non-exercise activity activity thermogenesis i didn't realize how much that actually accounted for the calories you burn each day so this is why it's so important like need in your daily activity for not just health but fat loss and what happened was from the first time i was like oh yeah i need i know how many calories i need to eat now to gain weight to maintain or lose weight so i started bulking like going aiming to gain weight wanting to gain muscle on the same calories that i had done previously because i knew like actually it was a bit lower like fairness i probably up to five five thousand when i was in australia but then and i was like okay i don't want to go that fast so i think i was on i i did like four and a half or something like that um and i didn't just didn't realize like i i was now sitting at a computer a lot and you know not lifting scaffolding eight nine hours a day um, and also like in ireland weather probably not as nice probably wasn't getting out as much for walks and doing things on the weekend um and 
yeah, ended up <laughs> getting actually up to that weight again. And same thing, I told Eve, I was like, did you not, like, why did you not tell me this? Because <laughs> I remember taking, it was January, I think, it was after Christmas, taking photos. And I was like, hmm, I didn't. And this is why tracking your progress is also important. I wasn't really that diligent with it. And I was like, Eve, did you not tell me how heavy I was getting, how much body fat I was putting on? Um, and I like I wouldn't be too looking at myself either. Um, so yeah, I didn't understand uh, the amount of impact that your daily activity has on your overall. I and mean, I completely overshot my calories, which drove my body weight up way too fast. Um, and wasn't as severe, I don't think, as that the first time. But still, again, made the mistake, learned from it definitely with meat. Um, and it was around the time, as this is probably going back seven or eight years, it was only around the time where meat was becoming popular and more studies and research were being done. And it was actually becoming more of a known thing of how important it was in terms of your metabolism. So, yeah, that was a nice mistake. Your what you can learn from that is do not underestimate the power of movement, daily movement. And um, it's such a super tool to have in your own, not just like fat loss journey, um, but overall health, like for your mood, your energy, regulating your appetite, improving your sleep, managing your stress, improving your recovery. It is so beneficial. And like, you know, daily activity, just moving, getting outside. And this is outside of exercise as well. This is like non-exercise activity, neat, non-exercise activity thermogenesis. It's in the name, non-exercise. So it's not on the treadmill or on a cardio machine or lifting weights. It's everything you do outside of exercise. So even things like fidgeting, moving, cleaning the house, walking the dog, um, gardening, whatever it is that you're into, all those things, painting, very, very beneficial for you. And definitely something I would recommend everybody implement a little bit more of in their lives. So that led me to the end of that second dreamer bulk, which takes me now into our next mistake. And it was my first photo shoot that I done. And this was, can't remember the year. I am very, very old. And I've done a lot of shoots. <laughs> so I can't remember, but I was in Ireland anyway. And it was what happened with this was the mistake here was actually dieting too slow. Um, I ended up doing photo shoots. So after that, the second dreamer bulk came to January and I was like, right, time to diet. Um, as a lot of people do in January. And I was like, I'm gonna, I want to get into the best shape I've ever been in. And I so I just went on this diet. Let's work backwards. So go to the end. I ended up dieting for 26 weeks. So just over six months. And I think I lost 26 pounds or 25 pounds. Like it was bang on like one pound a week, which again is good. It's like, we definitely got a result. Got, got my photo shoot. was delighted with my photo shoot pictures and the shape I ended up in. The thing is looking back now, I just went so slow. I probably could have got into that same shape, lost that same amount of weight in 16 weeks. So I spent an extra 10 weeks dieting really. 
Um, and this was because, you know, at the time I was obviously still lear learning my craft and understanding. And I, there was, there's a thing out there of like one pound per week weight loss is kind of like ideal for your deficit, you know? And that's what I had at that time in my, in my head. I'm like, okay, well, I want to go at a rate of one pound per week, which I basically did to a T when you look at it over 26 weeks or something. Um, but the problem is I started from such a heavier set point and I had so much more body fat that I could have probably doubled the speed starting out and not had any negative effect. So instead of going so slow that I, you know, I was going from 187 pounds to 186 and like, nearly making sure I was only losing a pound, I could have probably doubled that and went 187, 185, you know? Um, and again, it was just a, a, a wrong approach, uh, which I thought was correct at the time. And in hindsight, it's, it's not a bad idea, but for my situation, definitely could have done it a lot faster um, because it took so long to see the changes as well. I remember, and this is the thing, like when you have more body fat, so for me, the first like, seven to 10 pounds, I didn't see or feel anything. It looked like I looked the exact same. And it was just because I started from a higher body fat. Whereas like the last 10 pounds, you could nearly see differences every pound being lost. And um, so, yeah, that, that was just a, definitely a mistake that I learned from. And, you know, that's why setting up your dieting phases and understanding how to set them up optimally or most efficiently for yourself. Like looking back now, I probably would do it differently. I'd probably go six weeks quite intense starting out. Then not quite intense, but try and double like the rate of loss. Then maybe diet break and then go into that slower, trying to get more towards maybe the one pound or whatever. Um, and ultimately that would have probably cut the time dieting in half. But again, there was great lessons learned by even dieting for that long to be honest it's the longest diet I've ever done so this led me to my next mistake which geez, we, I know you're thinking we have a lot of them there's probably more that I, I I'm gonna not go through today but the next diet so after doing that first photo shoot I loved it absolutely loved the experience and I wanted to bring other people through it so this is where we done our first year we got like 13 of us to do photo shoot, um, which was great. Again, it's the first year of since we've been doing it every every single year since. But the mistake I made here was not understanding how much act, a low activity level and high stress had an effect on your body. Um, because and like so that first year I was quite disappointed with my own physique. Um, and I remember just thinking when I was dieting, I was like, my body is just not responding. Uh, what I decided to go with, because I was very busy at the time with business, um, and obviously the stress of just a growing business, doing everything on my own, doing PT as well, um, and then trying to prep all clients. Like, you know, I think I'd ever, maybe I had one or two, but definitely didn't have, you know, I went, I had, 12 like photo shoot prep clients straight straight off the bat which was quite stressful um and i remember like being like okay what i'll do is i'm gonna go lower calorie 
and lower activity so because I'm like, okay, I, I'm working a lot. I'm sitting down at the computer. I know my activity is lower. I'll just go lower calorie and that will match. So that's like, that would have me in the same deficit as doing more cardio and steps and eating higher calories. But I didn't really, yeah, hindsight's a great thing. It didn't, it didn't work that way. And it was like this, I, looking back now, the amount of stress I was under was again, affecting my body's ability to burn fat efficiently. And I've seen this time and time again with other people going, who have tried to do like low, low calorie and low activity and having the same result. Um, and it's, when we, it's like what I said with the benefits of NEAT, those, it's all the other things. And this is where our bodies, we're not just numbers. You can't just go, okay, do that, this many calories, this many steps to make the same deficit. I just bring down my steps. I just bring down my calories the same amount. It doesn't really work that way. Our body is very much, uh, very smart at adapting and regulating. And this is what like your metabolism does is it essentially just responds to, it in, to its environment with the goal of surviving, not getting you to a photo shoot. So I didn't understand that. And I was like, remember saying it, I was like, the body fat just will not come off me. <laughs> it's like dropping my calories, nothing happening, dropping them again. Um, and I was on like a low, as low calories as I've ever been on in my life. And the body just did not play a ball. And that's just the effect that high amount of stress and low activity can have on it, you know? Um, so that's and a tip for anybody here is again coming back to neat the importance and the the benefits of it are huge um, and also the ability to manage your stress and understanding how much stress actually affects your body and then in turn your results so that's i think that was shoot number two that was a good lesson for me lesson learned from that is one is i hired a coach uh, the the next year to take me through that process because again i was trying to work with everybody and do my own um, and even your ability to make decisions during that time uh, when you know stress is high usually when emotion is high intelligence is low so I outsourced that which was very uh, beneficial and just getting an understanding and an ability to manage stress more and essentially sorting out my life that <laughs> was was like planning and routine because at that time it was like 24 7 work um, so yeah, this moves on to the next mistake uh, that I made. And I think this was shoot number seven. If I'm right, but I could be wrong, but nobody knows if I'm right or wrong. So it is shoot number seven. Um, and this when COVID kicked off, I'm sure. Yes, it, it was. It was all during COVID. We were in Bali and we actually got stranded there. How, how bad says you for like four months. But I, so we decided, well, we didn't decide we were prepping for the photo shoot in Bali. And I had come off, I think the year before of actually competing in a show. And I decided that I wasn't going to track any my calories for the whole prep. I wasn't going to cook a meal and I wasn't going to, what was it? Yeah, I was going to drink a lot, not, not a lot, but like have drinks every weekend. So 
there three and my whole it was kind of a challenge to myself um as well to be able to like somebody is ringing me through that i don't know how to stop it uh, so it was kind of a challenge for me as well to be able to okay i'm gonna have to somehow get off this no we're good we're still going whoever rang me you just ruined my podcast <laughs> and you're going to be on this i'm going to presume it's my mother it's actually neil kevin neil kevin you just ruined the podcast about 30 minutes in and we're gonna we're keeping going keeping the strain going so bali yeah decided to not track calories eat out every meal and drink alcohol and i, I wanted to do it as a challenge to myself um and just to see how good a shape i could get in for that um so the mistake, the mistake with doing that, don't, I would not recommend that for anybody else, especially when you're trying to get into photo shoot shape. Um, and I ended up, I made it to the photo shoot, but once again, I was quite disappointed with the results. And then from that, I kind of told myself, if I'm going to do something like that again, I'm, I'm doing it properly because I don't like half doing things. And it was okay for a while. It actually got to a point, like the starting out, it was, actually, it was great, you know, and it was fine. And, but it, for me as well, you know, you have to remember that I, I was quite advanced at this stage. It was only a couple of years ago. So I had a very good idea of what I was doing in terms of my nutrition training. And I was training quite a lot because we were in Bali. So we were doing MMA. Um, well, that was Muay Thai. Muay Thai, and we were training training we were in the gym we were doing yoga uh problem is we weren't actually that active in in it in bali at the time but the way i structured it for myself was like right i'm gonna eat out twice a day and i'm gonna have a shake uh that's that would be my meals um and then what was probably happening because i didn't have a consistent calorie intake i was just trying to like eat in a deficit i knew like should be okay if i eat two meals pick decent choices, have a shake. But obviously that then had quite an impact on my training performance and motivation and energy because I wasn't, I was probably under eating sometimes and then doing too much training, finding it hard to recover. And then my gym performance wasn't where it needed to be. Um, and that, like I said, it probably, it worked for a while and it wasn't, I, it wasn't really having an effect but then it had this accumulative effect on me um, and it was more than not being able to optimize anything you know and not being as efficient I could be with my nutrition training recovery um, and then also like as the diet went on as obviously my body was adapting to it and the closer it got to the shoot it got a lot harder to manage everything um, and it even like it was just like my recovery was going down cravings were going up and then you know trying to make the good choices on the menu and things like that and then if you were having drinks the the after effects of that all this just kind of accumulated to a point where it was hard and even results started to slow down and I, I just felt it in myself you know I was like if I had done this properly and you know like tracked my calories made sure i was eating as much as possible while in that deficit monitoring my recovery more probably not drinking as much alcohol like i would be 
much better. Like I would be able to get a much better result out of it. Um, so I suppose in a way I proved to myself that, that it is possible to do. I would just would not recommend it to absolutely anybody. And it's probably like, if you're an absolute freak of nature and genetically gifted and you have pretty good habits and psychology with food, um, you maybe can do it because <laughs> uh, that's, uh, but if not, probably not the best idea, especially if you're going to go for a photo shoot or you're aiming, you know, to get in, like you want to get in the best shape possible. Um, but again, it's a learning curve and it did help me get a lot better at, you know, being able to it probably serve me in a way now going forward that even for myself, being able to live the lifestyle I do now where I do, you know, eat out, drink alcohol, consistently i would say but not like over not anything like it did before but it's allowed me to do it because i can manage it much better i have much better like habits structures in place to be able to do that um and i kind of i won't say i know my limits but most of the time i know my limits and i'm able to kind of pull back when i need to um but yeah there are quite a few mistakes that i have made along my journey and um, hopefully that was interesting maybe for you to um to listen to and the goal here again is for you guys to learn from my mistakes um and i think a big message i want to put across is how important like those all those mistakes and trust me there's way more than that if we go into it they have all made got me to the point where i am now today i can look at it and say oh if i didn't make the mistakes i wouldn't be there i would have been at this shape six years ago but I wouldn't have six years experience, knowledge and lessons I do now that I can actually help other people with. You know, I wouldn't be able to make this podcast if I didn't make all those mistakes. So that's just the way you approach failure and making mistakes, I think is really, really. And when we look at like high performers and in research, it's a big trait and characteristic that they have is their actual ability to respond and bounce back from mistakes failures losses whatever you want to call it and i think that's a huge thing for everybody is if you can look at it as a, it's always an opportunity no matter what it, what happens there's an opportunity in it to learn to get better to improve or maybe it's like you had to make that mistake so somebody else doesn't you can help someone else going forward and somebody else doesn't have to make that mistake then and like even for me i get great satisfaction out of that when i able to like teach someone else and be like i done this do not do this you know you unless you want to waste a year of your life and then you know we save them a year and it's great everybody's happy it's a win-win situation so yeah guys um if you have listened this far thank you very much i hope you got some value from it neil kevin please never ring me again while i'm doing a podcast <laughs> and now eve is taking a story of me while i'm saying that uh, so yeah, guys, this is actually my ability to multitask here and bring bring it this podcast back from the dead there when someone was ringing me. Um, I, I think it deserves a comment, a share, subscribe, like all that stuff. Um, and again, it is really I do really appreciate it. There, it is quite hard. I won't lie to grow a, a podcast as a small as a small fish in a big pond and. Honestly, every single one of you who does share, it helps so much. So I would really, really appreciate it. Um, uh, but guys, let's, I'm going to love you and leave you. 
I better go ring Neil. He might be angry. And we will see you in the next episode.